House of Cards Season 3, Episode 10 is over, but we're just getting started here on House of Cards, the post-show recap, Chapter 36. And now, here are the two guys that just posted all of our different hairstyles online for you guys to select what hairstyle we should go with. I'm Rob Sister. Here's Zach Brooks. Zach, how are you? I'm going back to blonde. Going Platinum back. hair. Yes. Oh, People my God. Wow. Um, this was another really jam-packed episode of the House of Cards. Yeah, I really, really like this one. I just thought there was a lot here. I had a lot of fun watching this. Uh, I actually had like a laugh out loud moment at one point. Yes. All right. Well, our top story at this hour, let's get into it. It's the return of Cashew, the guinea pig. Oh, he's back. Cashew. He's back. He's got a new parent. He's got a new a new pop. No, new mom. So, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. No, we will talk about Cashew the guinea pig uh, and much, much more. Uh, it was a night where Frank almost hooked up with his biographer. <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Hey, now. And it's a night where Claire is out at the UN. Uh, where seemingly Petrov got his way. Uh, Frank went to Israel. Um, we have uh, Jackie Sharp contemplating. Uh, what she's going to do, what her next move is going to be. Doug is going to have kids. Yeah, the family man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, my God. All right. So, uh, of course, we've got a lot to do here. If you are just joining us here for the first time, you want to catch on for the rest of our season three. Only three more episodes to go here on House of Cards. You can go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or you could leave us feedback if you're already subscribed at postshowrecaps.com slash HOC iTunes. All right, Zach, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Yes. This is a fun episode. It's a fun episode. Is there a, a no-fly zone over your house or any sanctions? I love the term no-fly zone because that's what they call the Michigan State football defense is no-fly zone. Yes. So I am I am all about that no-fly zone. Okay, all about the no-fly zone, uh, more so than Petrov. Yeah, well, he just doesn't He doesn't obey the no-fly zone. He flies. Yeah, he flies. He's ama- All zones are a fly zone for Petrov. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, he's killed the man with his bare hands. Yeah. He's quite ruthless, I hear. Really ruthless. <laughs> he slit his throat and then kept going. He is tough and ruthless. Oh, man. He'll cut off your head. As, as opposed to uh, some other people who are, uh, <laughs> who are rough and toothless. <laughs> oh, that sounds way worse. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, start and talk about the ramifications of Claire Underwood out as UN ambassador uh, at the request of Mr. Petrov. Yeah, she's the unambassador now. The uh, Yes, that's supposed to being the UN ambassador before that. So she's just, they've stripped her of all of her uh, decimal points, all her periods. Poor, poor Claire. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yes, I thought it was very appropriate at the end of the episode where uh, Kate Baldwin said, yeah, I wonder what he had to give up. Um, just exactly in your mind, what did Frank give up? Uh, I mean, it, you know, besides allow, they're saying that Claire is going to resign. Um, basically, it seems like they're pulling a lot of troops out as well. And this resolution might, you know, be well, unresolution. I guess I should say specifically, personally, what did Frank Underwood give up? Can Claire ever forgive Frank for this? No, I think that she, uh, I don't know. I, I can't tell now if she's just going to be kind of his his number two and is is okay you know changing her hairstyle to a way that she doesn't like it and 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 doing things all things to help frank or if she is actually going to plot and scheme to try to get some power back 
I don't know. I almost feel like this was almost a sad ending for Claire Underwood in a lot of ways. You know, she really was, you know, doing good work seemingly at the, at the UN, even though she was uh, tricked by the, by this, you know, we probably saw her at the height of her power uh, when she stood up to Israel about two episodes ago. And we talked about, you know, Frank Underwood has so much courage. Uh, And then here by this episode, you know, she was expressing herself with the, you know, uh, brunette hair. And now it's almost like I feel like she is returning to almost a Stepford wife type mentality of being back to the subservient sort of uh, person who is, you know, doing her hair based on what people like. Yeah. Um, And we've talked a lot about black and white this season and we're seeing her hair go from black. You know, she's losing her power and her her hair is going to white. Yes. Well, I feel like that this is very telling now because we've been talking about, okay, black and white. What does it mean? What, you know, we've seen so much symbolism and it almost feels like that this is probably the cleanest explanation of what the show is telling us that the dark color is power. The light color is uh, no power. And so... Uh, now I feel like we have a little bit more of a look into what they're trying to tell us um, going all the way back to the black egg. And if you remember, Claire got the black egg right before they announced the vote. They were counting the votes and she picked out the black egg. And then when she found out that she wasn't going to get the appointment, she handed the black egg to Frank. And then he had the black egg in his office. And that's when... I feel like uh, was that when he came up with that? He, oh, that he wasn't going to run. That's when he was playing with the black egg. Yeah. And so he came up with that plan when he was when he was kind of swirling around the black egg, the black egg. And so it seems like something interesting to watch for, you know, the dark color is the power color. Yeah, I think we're, you know, we're definitely seeing that. And I'm trying to think back of some other times when we've seen this theme throughout the season. I know when they got their vows renewed. Uh, they were in all white and it was a very white scene. Mm-hmm. That's right. When Frank uh, basically fired Claire as ambassador, it was a very, very dark scene, mm-hmm. like staunchly dark scene. Yeah. Um, and the white house obviously is white. And Frank talks about how he sometimes being the president is actually not making any of your own decisions at all. Yeah. So, you know, the white house saying it's actually not as powerful, you know, you're not as powerful as you think you are when you're in the white house. That's right. Okay. So, Petrov, clearly he's the villain of the season. You must begrudge me that to me at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, so do you think Petrov is telling the truth when he tells Frank how they played Claire Underwood? I don't know, because the ambassador, you know, the, the um, Alexei, the, the Russian ambassador, seemed like he was getting fired still, even if he was part of this plan, or, you know, I don't know. Was he being promoted for his good work in the plan? I'm not sure. Like, can it still be that Petrov killed his own people then, which was, you know, actually the truth. But, mm-hmm. And then when that guy told Claire Underwood, then maybe did they kill the people and then they knew that guy was going to tell Claire and that's why they did what they did? Or did they actually tell that guy to tell Claire what was going on? My read on it was he told that guy to tell Claire that, I know that's what he said, but do you believe him? I think so. Either that or, or maybe they found out that he told Claire. I mean, obviously they know he told Claire and that's why they're firing him. I don't know. And they're just like using this as a as an opportunity to to kind of build their case against Claire. 
Yeah. I mean, so Petrov gets everything that he wants. You know, he gets the missile defense uh, out of out of commission. Uh, he gets uh, the U.S. troops removed from the Jordan Valley. The Russian troops are going to go home and he gets Claire Underwood out. Yeah. Revenge for Claire speaking out against him in a couple episodes ago when they were in Russia. Yes. So the Claire and Petrov thing has been an interesting dynamic since uh, Petrov's first appearance this season. Yeah. Um, and, and he was kind of kind of hitting on her a little bit when they first met. And um, I'd say hitting on her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He kissed her, didn't he? Kissed her on the mouth. Yeah, you're right. Yes. So do you feel like was it a mistake for Frank Underwood to go to the Jordan Valley? And should he have uh, had Claire Underwood resign? Like, was it a mistake to make her the ambassador in the first place? Was it not a mistake for him to make her the ambassador, but just a mistake to have her step down as the ambassador? I think the whole thing is a giant mistake. He never should have made her ambassador in the first place. Yeah. I mean, that that she wasn't qualified for it. And, and you know, despite, you know, she did she did some things really well. She still did kind of fall for this plan, whether it was their plan or not, by believing this, that the Russians were behind the bombing. Yeah, no, it's hard. You know, they say like they don't let surgeons operate on members of their family because, you know, that's too much of a conflict of interest. I know in working with my wife on things like I think feel like I would be much more compromised in what I was doing as opposed to working with like a stranger or a colleague, because, you know, if my colleague did something that I didn't like, I would be able to plainly tell them like, no, I don't like that idea or whatever. And I wouldn't really so be so much worried where as if I was working with my wife, you know, I, if I told her that I didn't like one of her ideas, then she's going to be mad at me and stuff like that. So I think it is extremely difficult for people to work together under these circumstances. Yeah. And we saw that throughout the season too. People would refer to your husband and she'd say, no, he's the president, not my husband. And so, so we did see this conflict of interest a lot throughout the season. I'm just not sure if we're supposed to think that Claire, are we rooting for Claire that because she would do a good job or are we rooting for Frank to say this is too much of a conflict of interest or is it just muddy? I think it's muddy, but you know, I, I was never big on the whole Claire Underwood as ambassador thing to begin with. So um, yeah, I, I think I think it's it's the right move, and, and you know, it's it's definitely a conflict of interest too. And if you're right, and Claire ends up being the nominee for vice president, no, I think that's done. I think that's, I think <laughs> that's, that's yeah, out. that's even that's even would be even more of a conflict of interest. So that's too much of a conflict of interest. Um, I, I'm not totally against the idea of that Frank Underwood is out and Claire Underwood is the nominee, but I think that the Underwood ticket is probably a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, now, is it a big conflict of interest if you're writing a book about somebody and you hook up with them? I would think so. I think that's a conflict of interest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Let's talk about Yates and Frank, because uh, I did. Well, we kind of said that maybe we thought maybe oh, I thought that this could, could, could hook up. And I guess we, from now on, if there's ever like uh, the uh, Chekhov's hookup of like, if it seems like, boy, Frank uh, is getting very close with this guy. Like a few episodes later, Frank will hook up with that guy. Yeah, it's the like one one per season Frank hook up with a guy. Yes. And we should have known at the point where Meacham was like, hey, you, you leave him alone. Yeah. My property. Yeah. Step back. Well, we need what we needed in that scene was to have, uh, you know, Frank get walked in on not by Claire, but by Meacham. Oh, man. It's like, or by Kate Baldwin. What are you doing here? 
<laughs> Thomas. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't oh, know. Okay. I, that, that, that scene was, uh, there was a lot in that scene. You know, it, not just the like them almost hooking up, but a lot of talk about Yates's friend. Yes, that was a lie. His he didn't have a friend who turned tricks. It was actually him. Yeah, but I I think I must have missed when Yates uh, was or I wasn't it was just over my head about Yates's friend who was turning tricks. Yeah, that was a little bit surprising to me. I think that he talked about that when he talked about his friend, like that he killed himself. We heard about this friend who was turning tricks uh, when he was, Yates was talking to Frank, kind of one of their first meetings. And he talked about how the friend had killed himself. And, and this turned out to be the friend who actually wrote the first part of his book. Uh, and, and we've seen that some of this is, is true that he's telling him some of it's half truth. Some of it's complete lies. So, I'm curious to see, you know, is is what Yates is telling Frank true? Yeah, I just was not expecting to go down the uh, Yates is a male prostitute. Uh, <laughs> like that was a little I was blindsided by that. Yeah, that was way off the bingo card for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's a good job because then you get to hear a lot of stories like it's a good job if you're if you're a writer. Yeah, he got addicted to it. Yes. Yeah, he's addicted. Now he's addicted to Frank. Yeah. Might as well face it. You're addicted to Frank. Yeah. Well, there's a pattern here with like these powerful men just sort of like take Yates in. They sort of open up to them. And then, uh, you know, that's what he does. Yeah. So and he, he really almost opened up to him. He, they held hands. He, he touched him on the heart. Yeah. I mean, that was an intense scene. Yeah, really was. Yeah, um, it, it was really it was really pretty crazy. So I'll ask you the eternal question here. Where is this going? <laughs> Uh, I mean, Yates is gonna, Yates is gonna learn more about Frank's history. And I think he, I think this is going to come out. I mean, lack of a better term, come out. It seems like he already knows. Like, uh, we had the scene earlier this season where Frank and Yates were hanging out and drinking. And he's like, the only time you were ever honest with me was that night that you talk about the Sentinel. And then he somehow sussed out that from the Sentinel that he calls up, uh, Frank's friend, Tim, who of course, was the person that you know Frank had a fling with in college, and then again uh, in the first season, and so we've brought up that storyline as well. So it really feels like that uh, this is all going to boil over at some point. Yeah, definitely. And the conversation between uh, Frank and Tim was like kind of awkward. He's like, "Oh, how's it going?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, kids are off at college. Hey, what's what's new with you? Just being the president, you know, like." I don't know. It's a weird call. It's an odd call. <laughs> and then Frank looked very concerned when uh, when Tim told him that Yates had contacted him. Yeah. What so. is going to be a bigger problem uh, for Frank uh, when Frank finds out that Yates is sleeping with Kate Baldwin or that uh, he is really like stirring up all of this other stuff? Oh, I think the Kate Baldwin thing uh, is a big problem. I, Frank is no fan of Kate Baldwin. Like, do the two things end up becoming sort of like uh, married to each other? Like, does it end up being where it's not so much in the book, but does like does Yates end up like telling Kate Baldwin that he almost hooked up with the president and the president has had, uh, you know, uh, different flings with men in the past? And that seems a bit gossipy for Kate Baldwin's column. Yeah, I, I mean, but she that's what she wants. She wants to have, you know, her opinion piece. So um, is she going to break some story about the president 
because of information she gets from Yates. Mm. Yes. So um, that's interesting. And then we talked about a couple episodes ago, I was very bullish on the idea of the president should just admit all of this and then he would be a beloved candidate. But I don't know. I wonder if maybe that this could be like a scandal that ends up causing people to fall in love with Claire Underwood. I mean, it, it could be. I think depending on what they release, it would be it could be very positive for Frank. But if what they release is that Frank hooked up with his biographer while he was president, I don't know if that would endear him to the public. You know who's going to have a field day with this? Who's that? Petrov. Oh, I thought you were going to say Stephen Colbert. <laughs> him too. I think actually Petrov is going to be a guest on uh, Stephen Colbert. Oh, man. Uh, Stephen, can you believe uh, this uh, Underwood? <laughs> it's a terrible Russian accent. Uh, you know, sorry. Right. Like, uh, man, this guy, right? Uh, boy. <laughs> I, I think that would be huge ratings if Stephen Colbert could get that guest. Yeah. He's like, uh, I thought Michael Corrigan was something. Uh, boy, President Underwood. Now I know why uh, he liked him so much. <laughs> yeah. In Soviet Russia. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So that would be uh, a wild episode. He should be the final guest on Stephen Colbert before he goes and takes over for Letterman. Or the first guest on the new Colbert. <laughs> yes. Or both. Bookends. Just doing both. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's our first show here uh, taking over for David Letterman. I want to bring out our first guest. Uh, he is the president of uh, the... <laughs> What is it called? Is it USSR still or is it Russia? No, I think it's just Russia. The Russian president. Please welcome uh, President Petrov. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tonight's top 10 list. Top 10 people. Wait, the president Stephen Colbert is, is still going to do a top 10? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. This could be a running gag. Yeah, uh, that would be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. When is Stephen Colbert taking over for Letterman? I think he's probably uh, got to be on by now in House of Cards. I think it's not till next year. Till the beginning of next year. Okay. Uh, maybe that's going to be in the final episode. Yeah. Oh, that would be a great, a great thing for the finale. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, original airing September 2015. That's the late show with Stephen Colbert. Oh, all right. Let's get him as a guest. <laughs> Boom. Get on that, Colbert. Wow. This is going to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's uh, talk about some, uh, some other stuff. I'm sure we're gonna, we'll come back to this uh, a bit, but let's talk with Jackie Sharp. Jackie Sharp. Yes. So having doubts. Yes. Um, Jackie Sharp is thinking about maybe breaking off from uh, President Underwood. Yeah. And this is probably good timing to do that as well. Okay. Well, I suspected uh, a couple episodes ago, maybe she was going to go off and run with Jackie. She has not contemplated that, but uh, her husband, uh, Alan, is saying like, well, maybe, you, you know, I don't want you to be unhappy, even though she's talking about, well, maybe I should just focus on the Congress. Yeah. Uh, and he says, you know, in surgery, you have to commit to something. If you start doing it, you got to keep going. And he's telling this whole story as he's cutting up a pomegranate. Yeah. I thought there was a real emphasis on the pomegranate here. Yeah. Also made me want to go get a pomegranate. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. They did look good. Uh, what do you take away from the pomegranate? I I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, I, I don't know. There's seeds, seeds of doubt. Seeds of doubt in the pomegranate. That seems like pomegranate strange. seeds of doubt. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I'm not sure what they were going for with the pomegranate. I mean, you know, maybe it's like he's talking about surgery and he's being very surgical with the knife. You know, you have to be very surgical when you're running for office. Yeah, so. I guess so. Will somebody need surgery? Will somebody have to go into surgery? So I noticed in this episode, we Frank coughed really hard to start 
uh, his press. Oh, uh, nobody coughs on TV without it's Chekhov's cough. All right. So here we yeah. go. Here we go. So Frank is going to require heart surgery. Okay. Right. Is he a heart doctor? What does Alan do? He's a heart doctor, but on his, so when they cut to the scene with in Jackie's apartment, Jackie and Alan's apartment, you can see on Alan's screen, there's a, a like a X-ray of a lung up on his computer screen. And it was right after Frank coughed. I was like, that's gotta be related. Oh, okay. So Frank is going to need some sort of a lung surgery. Uh, and then Jackie Sharp's uh, husband is going to need to be the guy to fix, to fix the surgery. But Jackie Sharp is going to say, look, it would be much better for me if Frank didn't make it. So could you potentially, um, and then there'll be some sort of a power struggle over when the president is incapacitated, uh, who's running, who's running the, the store. Uh, and I feel like it'll be a battle between uh, Donald Blythe and Claire Underwood. Oh man. And then does Jackie Sharp get on the walkie talkie and uh, call Dunbar and go run Dunbar. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think this, this is very going to be a parallel season three of lost quite a bit exactly. as well. Yeah. Okay. It, oh, very interesting. This is a, a wild subplot, although I don't want to see episodes of House of Cards without Frank Underwood. Yeah, I was thinking, too, like, you know, what if you know, what if they ever tried to kill Frank's character or no. something or incapacitated him? I just I can't see that ever happening because this is all told from his perspective. Yes. I mean, could there be maybe? Yeah. The fact that he coughed uh, and they had to get some water is a long night. Um, you don't think he was like just trying to like lay it on thick like uh, like, oh, if I appear sick, then people won't be as hard on me. I mean, I was thinking that, too. But then when they showed the long on the computer screen, I mean, there's no reason to show that unless there's something there. Hmm. So we're, we're foreshadowing something. Uh, uh, this is one case where the dark color would not be positive if Frank had the black long. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Talk to Walter White about that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so do you think that Frank Underwood will have to sell meth <laughs> to raise money for America Works? Oh, man. Who's his, who's his Jesse Pinkman? <laughs> Remy? I think it's uh no, I think it is probably gonna be Freddie's uh, grandson. Oh, there we go. Well, he <laughs> he could do anything. Yeah, cause he's like, look, Freddie's grandson. Uh, what Deshaun? <laughs> look, Deshaun, I can make the best crystal meth in the entire in the entire United States. I've got access to all sorts of scientists and resources, but I need help with the young people. I need <laughs> you to help spread the word in the street. The people on the street. The people on the street need to know about my product. Now, I've already got a biographer working on a story about my sales <laughs> of of the crystal methamphetamine, but I need you out there. Uh, maybe one day you could be the president of my meth industry. They could sell meth and barbecue sauce together. Yeah, we could put a, a chicken in every pot. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these ribs are like crack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. We're on to something else. So uh, all these spinoff ideas. I think it's great. That would, that would be great. All right. So Frank Underwood, potentially uh, he is the, uh, the Walter white of me. I mean, God forbid. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I don't think he would ever, you know, I don't think he's going to like have something happen to him in this season, but you know, what if that's how Frank meets his demise? What if he gets sick and that's how he ends up, you know, and like, the show ends up ending or something. So Frank Underwood uh, gets diagnosed with once uh, say once say lung cancer. I feel like that's a little too Breaking Bad to have it be lung cancer. But okay. yeah, I feel like it's a little too close to Breaking Bad. Okay, but cancer. 
because of the he's sick, then he can't run for off. I don't know why. I mean, I feel like uh, maybe it's going to be like, oh, like uh, the treatment is going to be blah, 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 blah. It's going to be this intensive treatment. He wouldn't be able to be president and be in treatment. So that is why Mrs. Underwood will run for president. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I could definitely see that being the reason why she starts running. Yes. Well, this makes sense now. We'll keep the Underwood name in the White House. Yes. Yes. There's, there is no better person that could run the country while I'm on the men than my wife, Claire. Yeah. Royal family. The royal family is here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about uh, Doug. What oh, is going Doug. on with Doug? Doug needs kids. Oh man, he's Doug thinks he's free, but his brother Gary uh, disagrees with him. Yeah, you think you're free? You've got pictures of of my kids on your refrigerator. What do you have, Frank Underwood? You don't even have him. Yeah, I mean, Doug is Doug isn't free. We saw, you know, kind of parallels Frank saying that he uh, he can't make choices. He can't make his own choices. You know, he's not free. Doug I thought this was free. the worst part of the episode. All the all the Doug least uh, interesting part of the episode. You know, it's one thing when Doug is dealing with Underwood and Dunbar, but Doug with getting into the politics of the Stamper family, uh, I feel like is probably to me uh, the least interesting stuff we've covered in season three. You didn't like Frankie Grande Stamper? <laughs> no, no, I oh. did not. All right. Well, he's again. He's that. another hanger on uh, <laughs> Doug's brother. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so is, so Doug is like the Ariana Grande of this relationship? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Very poor man's uh, Ariana Grande. Very poor. <laughs> so, uh, I thought it was weird that that Doug had never met anybody in Gary's family before. Hmm. It's the first time he meets Gary's wife and he's got like a like six year old daughter. Yeah. They like throw paper at him. Oh, man. <laughs> is that what your life is like? You just get paper thrown at you by your not son? Yeah, not yet. He doesn't oh, throw paper at me. But, but where's this going for, for Doug and the family? I mean, they're making it look like Doug is going to leave D.C. And, and get out of the game. And go where? Back to Ohio. Let's have a nice desk job in Ohio and a family and a minivan. Uh, I, it doesn't make any sense. Why, why would this happen? Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense if they, like, if you think about how much they've devoted, how much screen time they've devoted to Doug this year. I mean, the whole first episode was basically about Doug. Um, he can't just get out of the game. Yeah. And go have kids. Yeah, he's too addicted. Let me tell you something else. I'm not sure Doug Stamper should have kids. He's <laughs> not a responsible person. No, but he's very dedicated. He's dedicated. He's dedicated to, he, he dedicated to his craft for sure. I don't know how story time would go. <laughs> so he would have to read to them? I don't know. Kids better learn how to read fast. Yeah, more, more mother-father stuff though. I don't know. Yes, that's, that's true. Uh, more stuff about parenting. Um, Speaking of parenting, uh, let's let's talk about the man uh, who treats a, a guinea pig as his own flesh and blood. Let's talk about what is going on with Gavin and Lisa, a.k.a. Max. Let's check back in with Lavin. Oh, man, Lavin. No, we're not oh. laughing it. No, there. He, he came clean. Yeah. Told her everything. He told her, told her, you know, that's not my name. Like that song. And yeah. uh he, he told her he's leaving because he's in danger. Okay, so where is Gavin going? He's that is the passport ready to go? I, I mean, I guess we're just supposed to assume it is. But I also wonder if he is not getting his passport and he's just going to run and just go into hiding. He's going to run for it. Okay. Yeah. I hear Santa Fe is beautiful this time of year. Yes, and El Paso. Yeah. Um, 
So will Lisa be a good parent to uh, Cashew the guinea pig? She didn't even ask for the guinea pig. Like if somebody drops off a pet, that's a big responsibility. You got to take care of some animal. What if what if she's got a lot going on? <laughs> what if she's got allergies? Like it's really super inconsiderate. Yeah, you've got a responsibility. Find that find that freaking guinea pig. Yeah, it's just <laughs> ugly guinea pig cashew. I mean, no offense, cashew, but like, how dare not, you? I don't know. I wouldn't want that. It's it's like a ferret or something. Like I wouldn't want that. <laughs> it's got a smell. You got to clean the cage all it's the time. A lot of work to have a guinea pig. Yeah. And like very little reward, like at least a dog or a cat, like you get some interaction with, but yeah, I'm not so sure if I like befriended somebody who like came in and like, let's say like Nicole just like left me one day, my wife, Nicole just like left me. And then I was just sort of like, you know, going hanging out at the fellowship and like telling my sob story all the time. And then like some woman came along who was like trying to get like information and like told me that she had like, you know, uh, AIDS and she like befriended me and then just like, yeah, by the way, like I was, I lied to you about who I was and, and here's my pet. Uh, I'll never see you again. <laughs> Be like, I'm, I'm dropping this pet off at the, uh, uh, ASPCA. Oh man. Stop yeah. it. Give it a, give it a better home. I don't want anything to do with your pets or yeah. you. I mean, we haven't seen the Guinea pig at all this year. It's, uh, they're really just expecting us to remember the scenes in Gavin's apartment. Yeah. Well, they gave us a lot in season two about Gavin because Gavin was working out of his house, but now he's at the FBI headquarters. Mm -hmm. But do you think Gavin will make a clean getaway? No, I think he probably should have taken that money too. That probably would have made things a little bit easier for him. Yeah. But I get the sense that Gavin is not hurting for money. I bet he's got like a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably just one Bitcoin, but that's worth a lot of money still. It is worth a lot of money. So, yeah. Um, we'll see where it goes, uh, with, with Gavin and Lisa, uh, anything else from this one? Um, so we get the whole stuff with Yates and Claire. Um, oh yeah. I'm not really sure where that's going, but when, when Claire sees Yates walking up the stairs with Meacham, she goes, what's he doing here? Yeah. Like, what is she surprised that he's there about? I mean, he's writing a book on the president. He's there like every day. Why are you surprised that? that he's like at the white house. I think she doesn't want him to really like talk about their relationship because they have a very unique relationship where sometimes it's very icy. And I don't think that she wants that stuff in the book. Yeah. Well, Yates says that people need to hear her voice. Yeah. So, so he's working on it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where we're going with that, but, um, but yeah, I just think Yates is up to no good. Yeah, the Yates thing seemingly like it's it's going well. Like, what do you think Frank's take is on Yates? You know, he talks about like, "Are you my friend?" Uh, and he's like, "We can pretend to be." He's like, "I don't want to pretend that you're my friend." Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, pretend friends. That's yeah, who good. has hand in the Yates and Underwood relationship? Ooh. Um, and not because they were holding hands. <laughs> not holding hands. Oh man, I think it's a. Uh... I think Yates probably has the hand. Well, I don't know. Frank is the president. Yeah, what is it so. about Yates? That, oh, Kate Baldwin can't get enough of him. Frank Underwood can't get enough of him. Um, why is everybody all uh, goo goo gaga about Yates? He's got the Kavorka. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody, everybody loves him. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, everybody loves Yates. Yeah. Is that, is that coming to CBS this fall along with Stephen Colbert? <laughs> he should be the bachelor. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, he, actually, that they should have Yates on the uh, co-ed uh, bachelor uh, where it's like, all right, we've got 15 men and 15 women all vying for the heart of Mr. Thomas Yates. <laughs> Do you, he give, what does he give him a rose or does he receive a rose? Uh, I think he gives them a, uh, a pen. He's a, he's a, a po- writer. A poison pen. Poison pen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like that there you could uh, maybe instead of bachelor, you could have like bachelor, but I think it looks a little too much like bitchelor. So I think that's probably <laughs> that's we'll, a different show. We'll shy away from that. But yeah, yeah. that would be very, uh, very exciting. Bitchelor. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. You want to talk about some emails? Yeah. It, the town hall, too. Oh, um, yeah. The town yeah. Town hall. The town hall was a great intro, I thought. I feel like people should be satisfied with Frank's answer about the covert operation. Yeah, it took, like this is not a new thing. Covert operations are secret. Like, That's why they're covert. <laughs> I really feel like, like, hey, you know, that's classified. I really can't talk about this in a town hall meeting in Iowa. I feel like, you know, where do these people get off? Like, yeah, but still. Yeah. Oh, and, and Frank was a little rattled by that woman. Uh, it kind of reminded me of when he was on uh, he was on Bill CNN Mark? in the first season. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. These people need to get a grip. Uh, you know, Iowa. And with all due respect to our many listeners in Iowa, like get off your high horse with this Iowa caucus. It's what they have, though. Corn <laughs> and the caucus. Yes. It's really like uh, you really have to be uh, go in there and suck a lot of kneecaps in Iowa. And it's yeah. like, up. Oh, Okay, you didn't do exactly what we wanted. I guess you're not. We're not going to caucus for you. Oh man, yeah, Iowa. What do you think you are? Iowa, really? Like this power goes right to their head for this caucus. <laughs> for like a year, you have to go there and really uh, suck up. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? What they? I guess just because they're in the middle of the country and they're they're you know middle I think, America. I think it's, they're just first. They're just first that Iowa is the like person on YouTube that like a oh, new video go the first yeah. we we were first that uh, you hey you once you win Iowa then you're on your way oh and then you get so many more followers yes. you're the first just ask Mike Huckabee <laughs> <laughs> our comment is on is number one on Mike Huckabee's video it's got so many plus ones and likes yeah if I was pr- running for president I'd say uh. You know what? I'm not going to Iowa. Let everybody. I've got 49 other states that I'm putting first, not Iowa. So you, Iowa, you could take your electoral college votes and you can stick them where the sun don't shine because I am not going to kowtow to your caucus. So you're going to go to Idaho instead? <laughs> I go to all the other states. No, while every, while every, while all of my competition is all uh, sucking kneecaps in Iowa, I will be hearing what the other 49 states have to say. And I will be, sp- what are you guaranteed of other 49 states? I won't. You say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so Nothing. That's right. That's right. But not on my watch. I'll be out there every day and I'll be trying to work with these other 49 states and hear what they have to say. Iowa, you're not the only game in town. (laughs) (laughs) See you later, Iowa. See you later, Iowa. Yes. Well, I think we're going to see plenty more Iowa for the next three episodes. Yes. Uh, Give Iowa too much power. Yeah. Yeah. Like Frank Underwood. Yes, I think that's like in dating. If you if you if you make Iowa think you don't care about them, then they'll want you more. 
So Iowa has hand. <laughs> Iowa has hand. <laughs> they have too many options, Iowa. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> My favorite part of this episode was the Donald Blythe part, too. Yes, that was great. That was great. Where he's <laughs> like, uh, okay, Donald, now while I'm gone, you, rem- you remember. Uh, he's like, don't worry, Mr. President, you'll be okay. He's like, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was my laugh out loud moment of this episode. Yeah. That was so great. And I just want to say to the, I'm sure we have many listeners uh, in Iowa. Um, so I don't mean to offend the, uh, the Iowa caucus. I just think we're putting too much, uh, too, too much stock in the Iowa caucus. Yeah. You might want to be careful with, uh, with all of your offending Iowa, you might lose out on a podcast award or something. <laughs> oh, the, I've offended all of, the, of my voting block in Iowa. Yeah. And if you lose Iowa, I've, you lose I've galvanized the other 49 States in the rest of the world, putting their <laughs> foot down. All right. Gonna have to <laughs> overcome the loss of Iowa. We'll have to overcome. Again, um, I just, and maybe I'm, I'm totally dead wrong about this. Uh, and please correct me. And I have no doubt that uh, our listeners will um, email me, Rob at Rob is a website.com and, and tell me, uh, I mean, what am I missing about the Iowa caucus? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yes. I am not the, the expert on the Iowa caucus. That's for sure. Okay. All right. All right. Real quick. Let's take an email here. Of course, you can send in your emails to House of Cards at post show recaps. Um, let's go. Uh, Johnny DeSavera predicts Frank's sexual history is going to come out before the end of the season. Are you buying or selling Frank's uh, sexual uh, lo- dirty laundry is exposed? We've got to see something happen with that. We, we've teased it a lot. Um, I think what do you think is more likely his his history comes out or we actually see something happen between Frank and Yates? Hmm. Could I'm not I'm not exactly sure how this is how this is gonna go. Yeah, we're gonna it's gonna be you know maybe Kate Baldwin. Maybe maybe I think it's got to be Kate Baldwin. I think Kate Baldwin is gonna stumble onto something. Mm-hmm. Text messages. Text. Oh, text. Uh, I think Frank's a little after the Zoe Barnes stuff. I think he's probably a little too smart for that. Yeah, that's true. He was very cryptic on the text messages. Anyway, I think he knows he knows what's up. Yeah. Well, we haven't really seen his text messages this season like we used to. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, they used to do that a lot in the first season. We've really shied away from that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. We need a hashtag for this episode. I feel like we talked about a lot of different things. Oh, man. There was one. Um, I mean, we could, you know, something with Colbert and, and Petrov. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, how about the uh, Petrov rapport? All right. I like that. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Let's use that as the hashtag. We'll be back. Uh, only three episodes left here in chapter three. I hope we get more Frank and Kevlar in the next couple episodes. Oh, my God. Yes. I can't believe only th- uh, final three episodes. This is really the home stretch now. Yeah. 11, 12, 13. It's just going to get crazy from here, I feel like. Yeah. I-, I don't know. Does House of Cards do what they do on a lot of shows like Game of Thrones, where the second to last episode is the craziest Trying to remember. I feel well. I believe last season, episode eleven, chapter uh, of the season, which was that was the three chum. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we're getting another three chum episode eleven three chum. Yeah, and I feel like, um, but I want to say in season one, I believe where uh, Frank killed Pete Russo. I believe that happened in the second to last episode. Yeah, that was the second to last. Uh, And then last season. I believe that Frank made his big push for the president. I mean, Frank became the president in the final episode. Yeah, but he did he write the letter in the second to last episode? I, I know he made some big moves. I think the letter was all in the finale. Was it in the finale? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, you're right. So we'll see. We'll see exactly uh, where this is, this is going to go. All right. Good stuff, Zach. Yeah. 
You think we're going to see blonde Claire by the next episode? Yes. Oh, I like the brunette Claire. I thought no, she was I want her to go back to blonde. I- I'm with the people in, again, the people in Iowa have so much power. <laughs> you're giving the, you're giving the uh, world to them. And then, like, I think that I would think that the the people of Iowa would learn to care because I'm sure like the day after the Iowa caucus, nobody pays attention to Iowa then. Yeah, it's it's their, it's their like what you know, they're once a year they get to really they get to really get up for this. It's like uh, it's like Mel Kiper or Jill Lenardi, like these guys on ESPN who have one job for like a week of the yeah. year that they're really important. No, and the rest of the like- year they're just <laughs> They're just like trying to get you to care about their projections. It's like nobody cares except on the on the draft. They're like the HOH in the Big Brother house. <laughs> and like this is their like the caucus is like their HOH week. And everybody has to like kiss their ass. It's like, all right, Iowa, Iowa, let me tell you l- l- here. Let's let's talk. Uh, don't put me up on the block this week. And then uh, I promise you uh, the next uh, four weeks that if I win HOH, I'll promise that you'll be safe. For the entire time that I'm HOH. Yeah. We'll, we'll protect the food processing king. And- yeah. I'll, I'll protect you. I'll protect the food processing king. I'll protect that woman who asked the question. Uh, anything you want to know. You could sleep in the White House the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like after their HOH, then it's just nobody. They don't care about them. Oh, man. Have we ever seen in, uh, in Big Brother somebody change your hairstyle to please the HOH? Uh, I feel like there's been like some head shaving. There's been some hair dyeing. So uh, I think like different colors and stuff like that. Oh, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. All right. All right. Have a good one, everybody. And uh, again, to the, peop- the people of, of, of Iowa, uh, please, I do not. I do not mean to offend uh, <laughs> you. I only hope to understand the caucus more. Yeah, it's informational only. Yes. OK. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye.